Jackie. Hi, Jen. Hi, Liz. Hi, Jen and Jackie. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Thanks so much for um, letting me be your tester and helping you reach your um, your New Year's resolution. Oh my God. Okay, so this is so easy. And if this works, I'm the biggest asshole because I'm like, I don't know how to do this. And, and you know, like pandemic, right? Everybody's starting a podcast. Like everybody and their brother has one even more than before. So they all do it. So why can't I just use Zoom? I don't know. I have to have Liz tell me to do it and then I'll do it. Well, I think it's worth trying, right? Yeah. See how it goes. See what the sound sounds like. Make sure Jackie thinks it's okay. <laughs> uh, and then it, if, it, if it is, then it's a nice thing to have. You yeah. guys can still do your other your other methodology if That's you don't like true. the sound. But if you want to bring guests on, do you have a way to do it? Yeah. And we should thank Liz because she's the only reason that this podcast is happening before next year because me and JSR were just, we hadn't even discussed it. Mm -mm. We're just the worst. We're sorry, everyone. Exactly. But Liz is like, are you guys doing your end of the year podcast? And I was like, <laughs> oh, about that. Yeah, but see, like I was really late catching up with my listening. So it had been sitting in my queue for a while. And then I listened. And as I do when I listen, because I know you guys, I'm just <laughs> texting you as I'm listening. <laughs> I happen to have several friends who podcast and who have guests on. Mm -hmm. So there are other options too, if you're not happy with this. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah, yeah we'll see. Um, okay. So first of all, like before we do anything else, Jackie and I found something out today. We did. We did. Okay. Let's hear and it. He got married. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know if that's. And he got married? Yes. And he got married. Oh, okay. Married. Congratulations. I don't know if he wanted to be announced, but there it is. <laughs> I was like, what did we find out? I was like, yeah. hello. This is the biggest news ever. Congratulations, um, Andy. That's awesome. And yeah, yeah I mean, the whole last 2020 romance, like quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Related quickly. But when you know, you know. When you know, you know. Yeah. Okay, you know who true. else got married? Who? Jonathan Van Ness. He did? <gasps> he did. When did he get married? In the middle of the year. To who? To Mark Peacock. Wow. Okay. Who the fuck is Is Mark that the Peacock? owner of Pablo? Is that Pablo's owner? I think they adopted Pablo together. I see. Like, I think, think they've been together since, I mean, they've been since before Pablo. Yeah. Yeah. JVN doesn't know it, but he is my uh, best friend. Oh. oh. <laughs> okay. 100%. 100%. So <laughs> I, I, um, after I binge watched the, the pottery show, I've been just binge watching Queer Eye. And I have no more tears in my body. <laughs> and oh, I want to give up everything because I'll never be as good at anything as JVN. Like, Seriously. He's amazing. And then and now he's on commercials now doing gymnastics with Simone Biles. It's incredible. He's he is he's an incredible human being. My God. Or they. She. I think I think he uses every pronoun. Yeah, I think he doesn't, I think he doesn't care. care about pronouns is my understanding. Yeah. His bio has all all of them. Mm -hmm. So I'll use them all. Yeah. He's just a human. I I love him to pieces. He might be the best human on earth. 
I mean, hmm. <laughs> I, can't, I can't dispute it. So for now, yes. Right, right. He has a podcast. Yeah, no. And that's the thing is like, and his pot, I haven't listened to it because I don't want to become too obsessed, which I already am. Right. Yeah. I, listen. I mean, he goes, he goes deep and, and brain. Like if yeah. you just watch him like on TV, you're just like, Oh, he's a fantastic man who has really interesting insights and can do hair and is hilarious and can also land a triple axle or triple sow cow right exactly um, <laughs> but then when like you listen to him speak about stuff like actual stuff i'm like holy fuck yeah yeah he's a pretty deep thinker i i think um his book will be next on my list i'm working mm -hmm. my way through a old sci-fi series right now but then i think i'll pick up his book i'm gonna read it too yeah yeah jackie get on the jvn train Sorry. I mean, I did watch all the Queer Eyes. I was obsessed. And did you cry? Did but you it cry? was. Jackie, did your little black heart shed tears? Oh, yeah. I'm a little bitch when I watch TV. <laughs> In real life, I won't do it. But like via a, 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 a gay man, yes. Mm -hmm. 100%. If you guys want something cathartic, may I recommend please Soul, the movie Soul, if you haven't seen oh, it. Oh, I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. I want to see it. And you know, I don't really fuck with like animated stuff that much or like at all, mm -hmm. but I hear that this one is, is pretty good and it's like musical, right? Very. Yes. So, yeah. And it's okay. Here's how musical it is. The soundtrack was okay. It's a jazz movie, right? But the soundtrack was done by yeah. Trent Reznor and what's his bucket from Nine Inch oh, Say no more. Well, yeah. Trent and Jean-Baptiste. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, when I saw Trent Reznor, I was like, what? Trent Reznor? That's crazy. So if he if he wins an Academy Award for this soundtrack, yeah. then he will have gotten all four, like a Broadway star. He'll be an EGOT. He'll, yeah, EGOT. he'll totally be an EGOT. Like, uh, like uh, who else? Oprah, I think, is, is an EGOT. Mm -hmm. um, there are not very many, but no. there are a few. Yeah, which would just be great. Yeah. Yeah, there's another, that's another fabulous human being in the world. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay, and then also speaking of Nine Inch Nails. Okay, so Twisted yes. Tea video. Have you seen the one where they edit it with Closer? <laughs> no. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I'm going to be, I am going to look that up. I am going to watch it. Um, it's better than the Dave Matthews one. That video. I don't like Dave Matthews Band. Why? Ask me. I will never be able to answer you. It, in my heart, I just hate them. I don't. Where how do you feel about How do you go. feel about Jack Johnson? I don't feel anything about Jack mm. Johnson. But you hate Dave Matthews. I just. I can't. That's just fine. The name Dave Matthews. It's just like, ugh. What the. How do you feel about jam bands in general? I'm kind of interested in both of your opinion on this matter. I don't hate them. I just hate Dave Matthews. <laughs> I don't, and I don't know how to explain it. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know how it developed inside me. I don't know who planted the seed and why it grew. I'm not usually full of hate in my heart, but fuck Dave Matthews band. I mean, it is some serious white people shit for sure. It's, it's a lot of caucasity. Yes. However, Okay, so as a Jew, I totally approve of jam bands. Like, I think, I think that it's part of our nature to like, 
um, do a little like slightly hippie-ish, maybe a little spiritual communal, yep. let's all sing together kind of yeah. thing. Um, totally. But I do not fuck with most of the music. Like, because it's you just, mean Jewish music or jam band music? I mean, jam band music. Okay. And it gets into like a 97 hour solo and all that stuff, like, is just not my thing at all. Right. Yeah. Um, but you don't do drugs either, though, right? No. Okay. No. So, it, probably if I did, I would be like, you know, at fish, you know? But I don't know. It might impact the experience. I don't hmm. know. But like, even like bands like Pavement, right? They're one of my favorite bands, but like they get into a little bit of, and that's where I draw the line. Like well, I, and you, you went and saw, um, oh shoot, Black. Godspeed. You went with the person who shall not be named. Right, right. Yeah. And that was like a jammy experience, that's, right? That was definitely jammy, but you know, it was also, yeah, it was jammy. But it's a different kind of jam because there's not yeah. lyrics and yeah. there, there it's maybe like a little bit less, like it's more um, analytical than it is like spiritual, yeah. but also, but also like uplifting, right? Yeah. But, but the, you know, like it wasn't like you knew that there was a deeper meaning or an agenda. It was just like, we're just playing this music. Yeah. Black Godspeed, that's the name of it. Godspeed, that. you Black Emperor. God, Godspeed, you Black Emperor. That's well, I mean, would you consider like Modest Mouse? Yeah, gym? I would. Yeah, I would. I totally. love Modest Mouse. <laughs> Me too. I yeah. love Modest Mouse. We watched, Tom has a real habit. Oh, we're not supposed to use real names, huh? Uh, oh, you, can use your, you can use Tom's real name. Oh, right. We talk about Ezra. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he is amazing at finding random shit on TV. And uh, last night he found a <laughs> ZZ Top documentary. And I was like, mm, eh, uh, it was really good. <laughs> it was a really good documentary. And then I'm listening to their music and I'm like, wow, they're actually like really good musicians. Yeah. Like, yeah. Think of Z I think because I grew up in the 80s. So I just think of yeah, that's what I think of the 80s, you know, ZZ Top, that girls and cars and, you know, goofy shit, but they're the guitarists. Really yeah. You know, um, Kelman, when mm -hmm. he used to, you know, he had those rare occasions where he would dress up in like his nice little suit and everything, and I would always sing Sharp Dress Man. <laughs> right. Shout out to Kelman. <laughs> Chicago and he headed down to New Orleans. That, that was, I always called it his outfit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. His bar mitzvah outfit. <laughs> but I will say I'm very proud because one day he came in wearing his uh, bar mitzvah outfit and he had pants that had stacked pleats. And I was like flat front. And he went out and he got flat front. He was like, please, well, and I was like, Yes, because I don't understand this terminology. What does that mean? Is this a so, Jewish like, thing? No. 
It's just a fashion thing. Normal life shit. I don't know. A stack pleat is, oh, look, I can talk about sewing. Is when, like, you know how, like, something will have pleats, right? And so it'll be sewed and then, and then not sewed. So it goes out. Okay. You know, like a, like in the front of a man's pant. If it's not flat, it has this, like, little kind of uh, where two pieces of the fabric come together and there's yeah, a it up and then the, the, that will kind of accordion out if you need extra room, which like men don't need extra room in that spot right. where the pleats are. Right. So then if you have stacked pleats, all the pleats are on top of each other. So it's like really skinny and then it balloons out. Yeah. And it was, a, it, it's just not good. It was a thing in like the late eighties and early nineties. Yeah. yeah. But no. And Brandon would ne- never be caught dead in stacked bleak pants. Never. Why you don't know what they are. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, simple man. I don't think he stacked pleats or whatever. <laughs> I don't think Dickies makes a stacked pleat. <laughs> no. Pretty sure they don't. Yes. Yeah. So um, I want to talk a little bit about the COVID vaccine. Okay, yes, please. And about COVID period. So I did a thing online where you can go and enter in your county and then answer some questions and it tells you like where you are in line to get the vaccine. And since I'm not working, I did not pick an essential worker. And so I'm way down like with everyone else. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There is a website. Well, the so- Let's start there because I I know nothing. I yeah, mean, so ignorant. So please, please educate me. Our local, new, one of our local news stations here in the Bay Area, NBC News Bay Area, has mm-hmm. a tool, a graphic tool on their website. And so you can go to NBCNewsBayArea.com and it, on the very top of it, it says, where am I in line for the COVID vaccine? Okay. And then if you scroll down, you can enter your county. You can enter, answer some questions about your, who you are, right? Your age, your overall health, if you're an essential worker or not. And then it tells you where you are in line to get the vaccine. So I'm low because I'm not working. I'm healthy. I'm middle-aged. So I'm very low on the list. Okay. So you're on this, but are you like specifically like Liz Houston on a list or just in a group of people where your category is? Just a group of people in the same category. Yeah. So, so the, what do they give you like a month or something where you can go or like, no, not even that. It's just that after all of these groups of people are vaccinated, then you will have the opportunity to get vaccinated. So okay. it's like, you know, you know so healthcare, like in space. No, right. Just totally floating. in space. Just, right. just floating until yeah. all these important people get their vaccine. And then they're like, okay, Liz, exactly. now, now you. Yeah. Now you. Oh, okay. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like, but I'm curious. I would like JSR to do it because I'm guessing her county is much lower population density. And so I don't know how many vaccines, if that means that you got fewer vaccines in the first place. Um, and so like, cause it's all of that too, right? How many vaccines does each county get? So right. yeah, it's like, a- so I, I actually posted mine on your thread. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, okay. And then let me find it. Cause That's I, I did but I did you answered that you're an essential worker. Yes. Right. But so I, did, gonna... I did it both in California and, or I did it in Alameda County and then I did it in Sarpy County. And yeah. yes, a little bit higher here. Yeah. So. And yeah. probably sooner because I'm guessing they just have fewer people that they right. have to vaccinate. So. 
Well, I think, I think is, well, like in my county, yes, because we, we don't have a lot of hospitals in my county, but like in, I, I did it in Douglas County too, which is Omaha. Um, yeah. And they have way more frontline workers because we have a lot of hospitals here. Yeah. And we were like that, like for COVID, we're like one of those, like, you know, like the first places, like we have like an Ebola station or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. so we had, we, yeah. So in Douglas County, it was a little bit lower Yeah, in my County. Yeah. And I know you guys talked about it a little bit on the last episode, but Jackie, have you thought any more about, are you, will you take the vaccine? Will you get the jab as they say in the I UK? I don't not want to get it, but yeah. I'm like, so I saw online that some of the side effects is people's fucking faces getting paralyzed. Is that real? Well, I think After that, it. I think there's some side effects of vaccination that are true anyway like do you get a flu shot no oh i mean i know so because this will lead us to the guillain-barre discussion so i had guillain-barre when i was 13 and so that is a potential side effect of the flu shot they talk about guillain-barre syndrome but something like bell's palsy or guillain-barre those things are more likely with an act after an actual viral infection than they are after a vaccine for a viral infection. So you're better off getting vaccinated. I mean, if you're worried about Bell's palsy, which by the way, your face looks fantastic. My friend. She's almost back. Like <laughs> just as a, as just looking as like a regular human, you wouldn't yeah. know mm-hmm. that anything is wrong with me. But, but when you, when you raise your eyebrows, I can see yeah. That yes, exactly. One of your eyebrows doesn't go up as high, and that side of your forehead is smoother. It was it, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's she's almost back, but like, I I still like feel a little bit weirdness in in my lip, mm-hmm. and like, you know how you could put your tongue on the side of your the inside of your mouth. This side still hurts if I do that, and I still feel a bit of soreness, and just yeah. like a, like a very slight delay in my like blink you know like when you make a slow blink I feel like yes. my left side is still a little bit delayed yeah but overall like I can go outside and I can like wince like when I used to take Gary yeah. to the park and the sun would shine and I couldn't like you know how you, you wince your yeah. eyes to block it I couldn't do that the whole ass sun was in my eye and I was like this is the worst thing I hate everything in life yeah but much better now good. thankfully good um, yeah when I had Bell's palsy I didn't have pain well at least not that I remember um when it was paralyzed, I w- I had the droopy kind. So oh. I just had half of my face was like, Ugh. like, didn't, didn't we used to work with someone who had that? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. We did. So just the droopy uh, on one side. Well, see, and um, the thing is for me, I, I don't remember it hurting the first time either, like painful, mm-hmm. but then I think I did it to myself because when I got it this time, I was like, trying to stretch things and move things to get it to like wake up you know what I'm saying because in my mind that's how it works yeah like paralyzing you're just like come on wake up you know how to do this thing your face will be like oh shit you're right girl yeah. you've been doing this 34 years what the fuck is wrong with us and then she was just going to like get better quicker in my mind yeah. but I in mean, real life she's like oh hell no bitch you have done the most and now you will suffer for weeks because it's still sore like sore. It's a different kind of sore than like you just touch it and you feel it. It's just like almost inside. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Well, your nerves are waking back up too. That's the other thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Next time you get it, God forbid you do. Hopefully you never. Why would you ever say that to me, JS? Are you fucking monster? You should just show it inspirational photos. Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I don't well, want to inspire just nobody. Take it, just take it out for forest bathing. Just yeah. take that half of your face. <laughs> no. Uh-uh, you guys play too much. I'm, I'm traumatized. You I look at, I'd rather get a whole ass coronavirus than have my face paralyzed. No, you wouldn't. No, no, you definitely wouldn't. You and definitely it, would. Not. It says here um, at the Mayo Clinic that Guillain-Barre, which now I know how to pronounce it, um, is can be triggered by COVID-19. So yes. Yeah. yeah. They also say that bells can be triggered by that as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, basically any viral infection. So really every time you get a cold, you run the risk of getting something God, weird. My bitch ass cranial seven nerve. Yeah. You need to have a talk with that you cranial really seven nerve. She's <laughs> inspirational <laughs> photo. People walking out. Inspirational photos just with one hand in front of their face. Yeah. <laughs> Kids who like oh. lift the car off of their, you know, brothers. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I got I got Bell's palsy when I was 13. It was in the what summer. Did yours do? Just droop? Yeah, just drooped. And it just happened. Did you close your eyes and everything? Uh yeah. Yeah. I didn't have to wear an eye patch or anything like that. I mean, because I had the droopy kind. So it had I had more trouble keeping my eye open. Um, so that was I lucky. Know there was different way. kinds. I thought it just like stopped your whole, cause that's what mine does. Like yeah. I have all the sensory or, or yeah, I have all the sensory. I just don't have any of the motor. Yeah. No, I had all sensory, no motor, but it was droopy. So everything oh, okay. just drooped instead of being, I guess, like being paralyzed open. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Mine was just like, whoop, like, just like, yeah. I got stuck in time. So <laughs> Jack, my- yours was like you were wearing a bra that you couldn't take off and Liz's was like titties free. Yeah. Precisely. Got it. Yes, exactly wow. right. Mm-hmm. And then they put me on pred. And so I was taking pred. As did I. I got pred the, the first and the second time. Yeah. The day my face started getting better, the day I felt like I could feel the tingling, I could feel it coming back. Yeah, I yeah. could start to move. Um, I got really weak in my legs and I couldn't, I was like, what, this is weird. What's going on here. And then, um, I woke up the next morning and I actually had a friend sleeping over my poor traumatized friend because we were, you know, having a sleepover, like in our little downstairs kind of den room. Mm -hmm. And I woke up and I had to go to the bathroom and I couldn't stand up to go to the bathroom. And I thought, Oh, maybe I'm just like tired from yesterday right like when I felt kind of weak the day look before. at your little 13 year old mind kind yeah. of sense of so it so I like dragged myself to the bathroom and um we had had my grandmother had lived in the house and she had had a stroke so we had like all the you know the assistive grab bars and everything you were yeah. ready for so I like pulled myself up I went to the bathroom um I crawled back to my sleeping bag and go back to sleep and then I woke up like <laughs> an hour and a half later two hours later whatever and I couldn't move my legs at all and I was like, hey, uh, mom, I, um, I can't move my legs. And my friend is like, what? What, you, what, the, what the fuck? And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And okay, so, so you, are you not freaking out? I was not freaking out. You I don't know just, why. By the way. Yeah, totally. Like, why Liz is Liz? That's no, I was more like, I don't want to be any trouble. Like, I don't. <laughs> oh, that's not Liz at all. Yeah. I, <laughs> this is 13-year-old Liz. Right. Um. So I was like, oh, yeah, so I can't move my legs. And my mom's like, um, what? And so I tell her and she comes downstairs and she's like, what is going on? What do you mean you can't move your legs? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell but you. The rest of you was fine. The rest yeah. of you was fine. And and it was just like, because you could 
go to the bathroom and control your bladder and all that then? At that point in time, yes. Ooh, and at that point in time. She calls, my, she calls the pediatrician, uh, Dr. Seymour Zoger uh, was our pediatrician. Shout out to Seymour Zoger. He's long dead now, but well, hell. shout out, RIP. He um, was an amazing pediatrician. He also did a lot with pediatric oncology, which is kind of crazy, but mm. he was also this kind of doctor where he was just very matter of fact about everything, right? Like a perfect pediatrician because perfect, people would yeah, call yeah, him yeah. and he'd just be like, no, it's fine. You know, like eh, you give him some Tylenol, but you know, whatever, fine. Okay. She calls him and he's like, meet me at UCSF emergency room. Right. Okay. I will meet you there. Go there right now. And so my mom was like, Fuck. like Dr. Dogger doesn't say that. Fuck. Oh my yeah. God. So packs me in the car. My parents are separated, right? So calls my dad. Because of course I still have my poor friend at my house. <laughs> so, so she calls my dad. I think my dad took me to the hospital while my mom waited for my friend's mom to pick her up and then came to the hospital. And so there I am in the emergency room again, like I'm so clueless, 13, like, yeah. Um, and then of course all the emergency room doctors are like, what the fuck is this? This is crazy. They're doing, so um, neurologists have this little tool. You guys may have seen the vets use it. It has like uh, spikes on it and they, it looks like a pizza cutter, but spiky, spikier. And oh. they ro- it's on a roller. So they roll it. And so that's to test your sensory nerves. They probably use it on your face, Jackie. They, they- cool. Let me tell you the scientific uh, yeah. tool that we used on mine. Uh, the doctor got a tongue depressor and cut it in half. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> you? and then started shoving it against my face. And like, but she started like on my hand and stuff to make sure that like, yeah. you know what I'm That saying? it worked. Right. That it worked. Yeah. So and I was, like, just- <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, cool lady. This is they Chase didn't use a face. broken tongue de- depressor. They used yeah, an yeah, actual yeah. little tool. I don't know the name of the yeah. tool. So uh, I had total sensory. I could feel everything. Could not move a thing. So they're like, "What the? This fuck? is weird." So they did uh, lumbar puncture. Ow. Uh huh. No fun. Um, and then put me in the ICU. And then we're like, "Okay, we're going to figure out what's going on." So have you guys ever had a lumbar puncture or a CSF tap of any kind? I've- my mom had one and I was there and it sucked. So it hurts. Just the, the thing itself hurts. And then I had a headache, like the worst headache of my life for probably four days mm-hmm. afterwards. Apparently that's a thing. So anyway, in the ER, the UCSF is a teaching hospital, right? Super famous teaching hospital. In the ER there, there was someone who had just, an, an intern or resident who had just finished their neurology rotation. And she looked at me and she said, this looks like Guillain-Barre syndrome. And the other doctors were like, no, she's 13. That's too young. No one that young has ever had Guillain-Barre syndrome. That's crazy. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just a dumb resident intern, whatever. You're cute. She was like, Get here. I don't know. I think that's what it is. So they put me in the ICU. I'm in the ICU for, well, I was in the ICU for six weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at one point, they're doing, they did a bunch of tests. And so one test was, okay, if we give you this drug and you can move your legs for this amount of time, it means you have multiple sclerosis. Oh God. Uh, yeah. And then like, basically like an edrophonium response test, right? So if we give you this, then it means you have myasthenia gravis. So they did an edrophonium response test, a tensilon test, which nobody really does anymore because we have better tests that we can do. Um, I did do one at the, our previous work place which was really crazy but anyway so they did that 
not, not MS, not MG. Um, so then they did these crazy electro um, conductive tests where they mm-hmm. stick these needles that are like two inches long into your muscles I'm and then run all of this, run electrical charges through them to see oh, how fast your, um, your neurons, your nerves uh, conduct the charge. That was super painful and awful. Anyway, they do all that. And then they determined, okay, well you have Guillain-Barre syndrome. And so then they told me that what, at what age are are you like, is like normal for you to get this? It's like a middle-aged person's disease, like 30s, 40s, 50s. I was 13. Um, so so are you like in a book now of like, I'm sure I'm in some medical journal somewhere. Wow. Yeah. Just add so that they, to your list. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, they, so they're like, okay, it's going to be, pro- your paralysis is going to be progressive. And we don't know how long it mm-hmm. will keep progressing, but here's what happens. So for you, it started at your toes. It's going to work its way through your body. If it gets to your chest, we will have to put you on a ventilator because you won't be able to breathe because you won't be able to move your diet. I'm like, okay. Um, and they're like, or, you know, it could stop somewhere and then it's going to plateau and you're going to be at that plateau. And we don't know how long the plateau will last, but there'll be a plateau and then it will recede and you'll get function back. And we don't know how much function you'll get back. If you'll get all of it, half, none, we don't know. So I was like, okay, (laughs) once they told me, once they told me it's going to progress, it's going to plateau. And then you're going to get better. I was like, okay, I'm going to get better. That's like all I heard. Okay. I'm going to get better. And so then I was like, all right, I'm just waiting to get Mm -hmm. better. So I did, um, my urethral sphincter did get paralyzed. So I ended up having to have a catheter, which was no fun. Mm. Um, That's how I found out I was allergic to sulfa because Mm. they put me on an antibiotic and I got terrible, (laughs) I had a terrible reaction to the antibiotic and got a terrible rash. So that was no good. Um, I, I had, um, I developed a little bit of an eating disorder when I was in the hospital because Mm. um, I just didn't want to eat. I lost probably 20 pounds. So, okay. But at this point, are you like a a normal sized child? Are you a little chunky? I was a normal sized child. Oh, so now you're too skinny. skinny Yeah. 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 They were, they were getting worried about me. Um, and so, but the, the, once they told me they were worried, then I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. I guess I should eat. Like I just wasn't hungry. And I don't know if that was because of some paralysis or whatever, Uh or if there was some psychological thing where like, I don't have control of my body, but I can control what I'm putting in my body. And so I'm just not going to eat. Um, But then when they were like, no, no, you have to eat. And then I realized that because they were so focused on that, that I could basically have food whenever I wanted it and whatever I wanted, they would get me. Uh So then it was that I was like, oh yeah, no, I want. (laughs) My favorite was they made this chicken sandwich. I don't know why I still remember it, but I was like, I want that chicken sandwich. And so anytime I said, I want a chicken sandwich, they were like, yeah, we'll get it for you. We're going to get it right now. Yeah, here's your chicken sandwich. So I was in the ICU for six weeks. Then sandwiches. Then I'm, yeah, then I had, they realized I had plateaued. I'm not going to need to go on a ventilator. So then they moved me into the wards, just the regular pediatric wards. Mm-hmm. So I was in a room with, I think, three or four other girls at, at the pediatric unit in at UCSF. And um, the room I was in, the other girls in the room, all of them were black. I think, it, and again, three or four and black girls. Party. It was awesome. I mean, I was bedridden, <laughs> but- you know, one of the other girls had lupus. I forget what the other ones were, 
uh, but it was the year that Vanessa Williams won Miss America. Oh. And we watched the Miss America pageant in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. And when she won, we were all just like so excited, crying, like, oh my God. Uh, what a lovely experience to have yeah. while you're being like, you're yeah. like in a really horrible physical state, but yeah. you have your homegirls and yeah. Vanessa Williams just got crowned. Yeah, it was awesome. Nice. So then we, um, so then from there, they moved me to a rehab hospital. Um, and it's not even there anymore. It was the Davies Hospital. Do you remember that mm-hmm. place in San Francisco? Yeah, yeah, it's not there anymore. They tore down um, the whole thing? Yeah. Oh. So, and built another hospital there or something. But anyway, they moved me to that rehab center. I was the youngest person there. Uh-huh. They were all these like, you know, old people, old people. who had like broken their hips or yeah. whatever in there for rehab. Uh, and then my brother got chicken pox and he had visited me. Um, and so they were worried about chicken pox. Uh And, uh, so they sent me home. They were like, "Mm, we're not doing much for you here that you couldn't do at home. Um, so they sent me home with a wheelchair and a cane. Uh And, um, I just, and then I, so this all happened in the summer. I went into the hospital the day before eighth grade was supposed to start. Mm-hmm. So this is now three months down the line. Um, and I go back to school and um, I went back to school in my wheelchair with mm-hmm. my cane, but then I just, it was a pain. It was just a pain. I didn't want the wheelchair. It was just a pain to deal with. So then I just was like, I'm just going to walk. Like this is ridiculous. And so <laughs> well, Liz would be like, yeah, I guess I'm paralyzed. I, mean, uh, I had started physical therapy, right? I had like worked yeah. I'd gotten the muscle back. I'd gotten movement back or at least a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yeah, I'm just going to walk. This is ridiculous. And then the, uh, in the spring of that year. um, So the spring of the school year, I uh, played on the basketball team. Oh my God. (laughs) What a fucking legend you are. Totally. I'm assuming that this is a thing that doesn't come back or anything. It's just a one. I have, I have just as much risk of getting it now as I, as anyone does. As any, yeah. And, it's, so, and I'm, I'm assuming this is not like a, a common thing. This is like a pretty rare occurrence in humans. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is there any correlation to your Bell's palsy? They don't know. <clears throat> they don't know because, like, when I got the Bell's palsy, they were like, "Did you have a cold? Were you mm-hmm. sick? Like, did you have strep throat? Nothing. Not you know, not nothing that any of us could remember. Nothing mm-hmm. significant enough. So same, same with mine. Yeah. Exactly. They ask you the same questions, right? Like, yeah, yeah, did they're you like, have a- did- did you have a cold? Um, what else do they say? Flu, uh, stomach, stomach bug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Cause it's yeah. like anything can like set, set you off for like no reason too. Yeah, and exactly. they're like, well, it's mostly caused by a virus. Cause I also got antivirals this time, mm-hmm. which they didn't have back in the olden days. They just had the pred. So I got the pred and the antivirals this time. But, but they give you like, you, like it fam- gets fam- worse. Or... Yeah. I think that's what it was. And then, um, yeah. just like you, it got worse, you know, and then it started to get, it plateaued yeah. and then you start to get better. Yeah. But you so don't this know was that, 1983, like- right? So one of the things you probably saw Jen on the Mayo Clinic page or whatever uh-huh. it was you were looking at, one of the treatments is plasmapheresis. Mm-hmm. And so in 83, they were, that was something brand new that they were mm-hmm. like, we could try plasmapheresis and see if it works. And, um, I don't know if you guys remember or no. Well, Jen might remember Jackie 
I don't think you were, were you even born in 1983? Barely born, no. right? No, you weren't born. So I, I um, three years to pop out. <laughs> and this is 1983 San Francisco and uh, the very beginning of the AIDS epidemic, which right. we, oh, wow. you know, most of us in being cishet people in San Francisco didn't know about the AIDS epidemic. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't, and, and at that time, Nobody really knew what was causing it, what was going on, how it was happening. So they, the doctors at UCSF were like, you should do plasmapheresis because this is a treatment option. It might help you get better sooner. Mm-hmm. And my parents were like, it's experimental. You don't know it's going to work. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do it. And thank God they made that decision because right. I could have gotten HIV. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So, but is it like a, a thing now where it's, it's a thing and it, and it helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, okay. it's a treatment now and it helps. I mean, you know, I would have loved to be part of a clinical trial, certainly. Um, we but don't want you to have AIDS, girl, so. No, I'm really glad I don't have mom. HIV. <laughs> because if you would have gotten HIV back then, you would be toast. I'd be dead. Yeah. Now you can have HIV and you can be JVN, so it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Or any number of people who have yeah. non-detectable levels of the virus. Right. So. Yeah, but back then, and I wouldn't get it now because they're screening. Right, now right, they know right. how it's transmitted. They know what to look for. But back then, no clue. So. I, I remember like those days and it was so crazy. And I mean, I was, you know, in high 13. school. So, right. Yeah. Um, and right. 13 or 14, right? right? I right. mean, we're the same age, right? Yeah, right. And, but, you know, like, I mean, not sexually active, not doing and not nothing, right? But still like the fear, right? And, and everybody else's fear of, of th- it was terrible. Because we didn't know. Right. When it first came on, we didn't know. And first they were saying, oh, it's it's the gay flu, right? It's right. just gay guys that are getting it. It's only gay men. It's young gay men. Oh, it's promiscuity. It's, you know, but then remember, um, oh, shoot, what was the little boy's name? He just died recently. Adam, he was uh, a kid who kid, got it. Kid. From a blood transfusion. Yes. I forget Um, his name, but yes. And he, there was so much stigma. He couldn't go to school because parents were like, oh my God, I don't want my kid sitting next to this kid because people didn't know how it was transmitted. It's terrible. But then you think about the corollary to today, right? Right. Like, you know, you just, nobody knows what's going on, but instead of us all, I don't know. It's kind of the same as today. People just freak out about the wrong thing, really. But but wouldn't wouldn't it be better if everybody was like, I don't want to be anywhere near you because you have coronavirus and I don't want to get coronavirus. And then people actually took things seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I call it the airborne STD. It's exactly. Because it's fine. Like I can be safe, right? but if I hang out with someone and mm-hmm. I don't know what they've been doing or exactly. who they've been hanging out with or right. who those people have been hanging out with or what they've been doing, like it, that's exactly what it's like to me. And so yeah. a mask is like a condom for your face. It is. It is. <laughs> We're just all wearing yeah. dental dance. Practice safe breathing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wear, wear a mask. I love my friends and they love me. We're just as close as we can be. And just because we really care, whatever we get, we share. Yeah. So I feel like with both of you having these weird random ass diseases that you should be higher on the COVID vaccine list. Well, you know what? Bell's palsy is not that uncommon. Mm-mm. True. Because you know who else had it? Marino. 
What? She she did? Yeah. When when I got it recently and um, she's checking up on me, she's like, oh yeah, I had that. She was also pretty young though. Uh Um, She's like, I remember not being able to blink my eye. And then um, Brandon's uncle was like, oh yeah, I had that too. (laughs) Get get acupuncture, it helps. And he's like, yeah, one of my buddies went to the same acupuncturist when he got his Bell's palsy. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, acupuncture probably does help actually. That's a really good point. I never even thought about that, but yeah, I can see that would totally help. So it's not like that super rare where it's like, you know what I'm saying? Because I thought I was the only person on earth and I'm just like, all these people are popping up everywhere who have had it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I but, mean, I mean, the other one that Liz has is probably really, really a rare. That's thing. more rare. Yeah. It's not as common. <laughs> yeah. It's like that though, when you have something and you think nobody else does, right? Like I didn't go to the doctor forever when I had psoriasis. Cause I was like, I'm a leper. I'm, I, I'm not, you know, and then finally I went and they were like, oh yeah, we can, we can help with that. Yeah. But still, even to this day, like I'm shitty about my medication. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Feel there are ads on TV about psoriasis now. I know, but I feel gross all the time. I'm like, ugh, only I have this under boob skin that's feeling off. Not so true. disgusting. But like, you know, everybody's got psoriasis. My former primary care physician had uh, psoriasis and mm-hmm. he had it on the palm of his hand. And oh. so he, when he like went to shake my hand after, after right. one of our exams, he's like, don't worry, it's not contagious. I'm like, I, I know what psoriasis is. I'm not worried. <laughs> um, we worked with two doctors that had it one on the palms of their hands I did yeah huh. and then another Ooh, one what number what what number <laughs> oh god um can you remember the numbers <laughs> 52 okay oh really yeah oh, really? yeah just like not not on their hands yeah. and then um oh. 52 likes to be naked though yeah so. yeah <laughs> She, she, you know, more power to her. She is just more power to her. I love it. Yes. Um, 27. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 27. Well, do you have the arthritis part too? Well, so this is, I I just went to the rheumatologist. Yeah. This finger, my lovely middle finger um, in the mornings when I go like this, it, it, it stays like this and I have to go like this. Mm. you can't or flip anybody like this, off in the morning huh? yeah um you're a lady in the morning you can't well i i watched that zeljans commercial is zeljans for psoriasis or is it for it's, it's for psoriatic arthritis it's right? so yeah. it also should work on psoriasis as well. yeah so yeah. and i watched that commercial and they do this counting thing where they right. count the things and uh-huh. i can't do that my fingers won't stay i can't huh like I can hold my fingers down, uh-huh. but I can't keep my finger down and extend. I can't keep like my pinky finger down and extend my other fingers. Yeah, like no, Jackie, no, you can do it. mine won't. Yeah, mine won't do it. I can't. I can't do it. It won't do it. Weird. <laughs> you can do it too. Yeah, I yeah. can't do it at all. Um, wow. yeah, so I went to the rheumatologist, and um, this man is very smart, um, like like ridiculous smart um just like going on like i'm like okay so um if you want me to take um celebrex right it's a non it's a, it's a steroid it's it's a non-steroid anti-inflammatory and i can't take that because i had weight loss surgery and he was like well according to this study blah 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 so you're fine and i was like oh shit okay okay 
right? And then, and then I was like, okay, but then um, something about sulfa, right? And I'm like, and I'm told I have a, a, an allergy to sulfa. And he's like, what happens? I'm like, I don't know. They just told me. And he's like, we probably don't have a sulfa allergy, blah, 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 citing another paper. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, I love this guy. He's so smart. Then at the end of it, he's like, so you moved here from California? And I was like, yep. And he's like, can't make, can't bring any of your blue into my red. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> wow. But, and I lost all respect for him. That's No, I, but like his assistant, right? Just rolled her eyes in the background. And like, yeah. she's the one that I'm supposed to interact with. So it's fine. <laughs> Good. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was yeah, like. Endocrinologists, rheumatologists are smart. They're yeah, really smart. Yeah. But it was, it was literally like. Blah, 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 study. And I was like, yeah, you're smart. Okay. The, um, the internist that I take my dog to, and mm-hmm. I don't know, you may find Jen that your new internist is like this also. Mm-hmm. He is the same way. Mm-hmm. Like can call those studies up just right off the top of his head, whatever it is right, that, right. you know, you have a question about. He's like, oh, well, this study that just came out last year said blah, 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 blah. Like, mm-hmm. okay. I don't, that's your brain works in an entirely different way. Like you did that one time. I did during like I was about to say for for Liz to say something like that because you're one of those. No, you did something. I wish that I remembered, but I remember like being it was before I worked in ICU, but like I, I guess maybe Todd was like admitting something or whatever. So I was in there and um and somebody was like, do blah 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 blah. And you were like, but the thing that came out two weeks ago that said da 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 da. So why don't we do that? Oh, I that was way back when I was in my super super study days right and then <laughs> that's what they did and it was that I was just like Phew. okay that one's my hero for some reason there it is so okay so Liz as everybody knows she is like the vet tech extraordinaire you know what I'm saying um how did you even look look at that of course she's wearing an RVT nation shirt um how did you even get into animal medicine did you like have, were you one of those like basic, I had animals and I wanted to help them and blah, yeah, like. Yeah, super yeah. basic. When I could, as soon as I could speak, I was like, I want to be a veterinarian. That was my life's goal. I was going to be a vet. That was it. And uh, then I, um, I did a college course when I was in high school. So mm-hmm. I did this program and I took college level biology. Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't immediately good at it. And so my 17 year old brain said, oh, you're never going to be a good doctor because you're not good at this biology. Like that's college level. And you're still in high, like, you know, 17 year olds are dumb. God, 17 year olds are dumb. And I was so dumb and like, nobody can tell you anything, right? Nobody can tell you, oh, that's what med school is for. That's what college is for. Like to teach you yeah, that. Calm down. So, still a teenager. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, okay, no, I'm not going to be a veterinarian. Clearly I'm not cut out for it. I'm, what am I going to do? So, um, I didn't, so I didn't. Um, and you then that, yeah, I do kind of, I mean, in a way I do, but I also believe that every decision, everything that happened in my life led me to the place where I am right now. And like, I would never be where I am right now if I had gone that route. Do you know what I mean? So, so in that sense, no, I do like, I will, I want to know all the things. So in that sense, yeah, I want to be a vet, but like I met a woman at at UC Davis, who's a RVT there. Um, She graduated from vet school, but she never wanted to be a vet. So she's work. She has a 
DVM degree, but she never took the licensing exam or anything because she didn't want to be a vet. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I could do that. <laughs> like, why would you take the schooling if you don't want to be a vet? She like, wanted to know all the things. So be poor for the rest of her life. And dead? <laughs> like, where and is she must have had it was I think she went a while ago. So she must mm -hmm. have had either she had some kind of financial support because yeah. she wouldn't be able to pay. Right. Yeah. So like to me, that was like, oh, yeah, like I get that. I don't have no desire. I have no desire to do surgery. I don't mm -hmm. care about that at all. I have no desire to like be the one actually writing prescriptions. Like, no, I don't care about that. I don't, I like the diagnostic puzzle. I like participating in that, like figuring out the diagnostics. And um, that was something I never thought I would like, like part of my vet tech program. You went to Foothill, mm -hmm. right? Both of yeah. you guys went to Foothill? No, mm -hmm. Jackie, you didn't go to Foothill. But so part of that program, you had to take microbiology. And I was totally intimidated and like, I'm going to hate this. Why do I don't want to take micro? This is dumb. Uh, and I don't know if it was a holdover from that whole high school experience. Like, you, you were know, triggered. Syndrome and like a trigger. Exactly. And it turned out I loved micro. It was like one mm. of my favorite courses ever. And I it, like the, one of the things that we had to do the final project was you got this vial of stuff, stuff and you had to figure out what the bug was that was in the vial. And so you had to lay out what tests you were going to do and then what each test was going to tell you and how that was going to lead you to identifying the bug. Did you have to do that? Yes. Yeah, Wait, was that the dichotomous table or something like that? Something had, like that. So it had some kind of fucking name. And yeah. I was like, I don't like, I walked into class and they're like, so, you know, for your last project, it's going to be the, you know, the Picosthemus table or whatever. And I was like, I don't know what that is. I don't know. And and then finally, like when, when it got to the point where like, this is what we're doing. I was like, oh, okay. We're just yeah. testing these things. But like, I was so scared because I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I love is that diagnostics, like mm -hmm. figuring out what, if I do this test, what does it tell me? And then what does that mean? What next test should I do? Right. And then what, and going on down that path. So I like that diagnostic puzzle stuff, but that was the beauty of working where we used to work is that we were really partners. Yeah. I felt like with the doctors. So yeah. we did a lot of that together. You know, there was a lot of back and forth and teaching and, um, you know, if you were an assistant or a tech, you could really advance yourself a lot just by putting yourself out there with the doctors and letting them know, hey, I want to learn more about this. Or why did you do that test instead of this test or what, you know? Right. So that part I really liked. And then working in conjunction, like suggesting stuff, right? Like, oh, what if we do this? What, why don't we, why haven't we tested for this? And, and I think that's a way to learn too. Um, and that stuff I all, I like a lot. Um, so in that sense, I regret not going to vet school, but I don't ever want, I don't want to be a vet. Right. Like I'm so, so you, you made the right choice. So your 17 year old yeah. self knew. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. She knew. I'm so glad that I found veterinary technology because, yeah. um, okay. Let's really... just say that didn't exist. What do you think you would be doing? Like, what are your other interests in life that you're like, you know, what? I could fucking do that as a job, as a career. Right. So 
what I said when I, my 17-year-old self said, okay, what the fuck am I good at? Like, I'm not going to be a vet. That's been my whole life, right? For 17, whatever, since I could talk. Like, that's what I was going to do. So what the fuck do I do now? And I thought, oh, I like to read. So um, maybe I'll be an English teacher or something. I'll be an English major. Okay. Yeah, I like to read. So I'll be an English major. Um, and that was fine. Like I got a degree in English and then I went to school to become a teacher. Cause that was my plan. Really? I was gonna te- yeah. I was going to be a high school teacher. I was dating a dude who was also going to be a teacher. And so we used to joke about how we'd go teach in high school and then they'd have, um, miss, Mr. Peach for math and Mrs. Peach for English. Mrs. Uh, Peach. Yeah. Peach. Yeah. He is now a math teacher. Um, but when I did my student teaching and I was like, oh no, no, I don't want to do this. So that, um, that was a no-go. Uh, I worked for the bar association. My father was a lawyer. And so I had worked for him when I was in high school. I worked for a lawyer when I was in college. I was like, "Eh, I'll do this. I know lawyers. I know what they do. Uh, so I did that for a little while. And then I worked as the executive assistant to the um, CEO of a software company. And I really loved that. I liked that job. Um, and then when I was in that job, I was like, you know, I really want to go into like project management and like sales. I would like, the, I kind of like that part of it. I think I would be good at that. I think I would like that. Um, and, uh, and then that became a whole thing with my boss because he got really he didn't like the idea that I didn't want to be his assistant anymore. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I didn't want to be his assistant anymore. It was just like, I learned everything that I felt I could learn in that job. And I wanted to do something new. Um, so, and then I took some time off and that's when I discovered veterinary technology. But the thing that I was going to do before I went to vet tech school was be a doula. Mm. Oh, so really? yeah. Yeah. You'd be good so at that. that. You that could still do been. that. I could still do that. Yeah. So that would, but now I'm getting a little old. Like mm-hmm. doulas have to, you know, you're, you're on call true. all the time, right? Yeah. For your moms. True, so true, I, true. or your pregnant people. So I feel like, ugh, I don't, now I think. What, okay. where, where, I, why? Why a doula? Yeah. I, I love babies and I love pregnancy. And that's also like a really sciencey thing for me, right? Like the development and then, but also the idea, I love the idea of helping women um, or people giving birth, I should say. I love the idea of helping those people control what's happening, right? Giving them the ability to decide how they want it to be. So So. these feelings are not for you personally, because you don't have children or anything mm-hmm. like this is just to, for mm-hmm. other people that gives mm-hmm. you satisfaction. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Did you and it's it? funny. You never like just pinpoint this woman. She's all over the phone. <laughs> because when I was thinking about being a doula, one of my hangups was, well, I'm not, I've never been pregnant. I'm not pregnant. I'm not planning to be pregnant. Can I be, can I be good at that job if I've never sure you can had a baby? I think you can. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's one of those things that, that, Oh, will, will I be relatable? Like, how are they going to take me serious? Why would they never, listen? Right. Yeah. Right. I don't know what the, what it feels like. I don't know what they're right. going through. I get right. it. I get it. Right. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm empathetic. So, yeah. you know, and then the science part, like I really dig the science part of it. And I think that's important in someone like that. I, I think it's important for vet techs too, mm-hmm. right. To be able to talk that language to, yeah. and when you're a, being a doula, being a vet tech, it's kind of, you're in this in-between space, right? And so I think 
that's a key thing is being able to speak the language of both sides, right? So I can talk to the client, but I can also talk to the doctor and I can understand both sides and kind of be the translator, I guess, between those. And that that's something I really like about being a vet tech is like helping people make good decisions and right. provide good care. And all, part of that is like, you know, making them part of the team. And so that's kind of like, if I think about going to be a doula, that would be a really big part of what I would do there. Just creating this team. That's that's JSR's department. Right. Yeah. But oh Just my God, I wish yeah. that I would have met you like one year earlier because <laughs> I was pregnant when I met you. Yeah. I would have, I would have been like you <laughs> come hold my hand <laughs> while this baby comes out of me. Instead I had what's her cuckoo bucket, but, um, I just wanted to be the person like that so that Anthony could just focus on you and uh-huh, uh-huh. I could be the person to like, hey, part of this woman's birth plan or this person who is giving birth, part yeah. of their birth plan is to not have pain medication. Right. So stop asking about the epidural because that's not right. going to happen or we don't want that to happen if we right. can avoid it. Or part of this person's birth plan is to get the epidural as soon as it's possible for them to get it. So please get in here, get the anesthesiologist in here and get the epidural. Like, and that's and a that's thing what that we I, do as techs though. Right. That's exactly. 100% what we do because a pregnant woman, unless she has a medical background and even if she does, like, I feel like it's such a weird primal experience that, you know, like, or when it's your own pet, right? You freak out even though, so I don't think that like, pregnant people have the, the perspective to be able to, to say, this is what's going on with me. It's irrational. A child is going to come out of your body one way or another. And you've never <laughs> done that before. Right. It's still like hard to wrap your head around. Right. Right. So if you have somebody advocating for you, then right. that is very important. Right. Um, and so I think that's the, the same job I'm doing now. And that's something that I've kind of toyed with before the pandemic uh, was um, going to become like a patient advocate because mm-hmm. there are those people who work at hospitals who do that, right? Mm-hmm. Who are the go-between between the patient and their family and the medical staff. Um, that's not something that I'm going to do anytime in the near future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Once we're out of this, that maybe right. that's something I'll explore because I think that's a um, that's an interesting space that I like. So, yeah. So, did you ever want to have humans, Liz? Whatever in your yeah. When I was young, I thought, oh yeah, I want to have like ten kids. And uh, and then I when I, as I got older and started to see what having kids was really like, like my childhood was not how I would want to raise children. Um, and so then when I saw like what, if I wanted to do it the way I, if I did it the way I wanted to do it, like the way I think it should be done and I could see my friends doing it um, the way I think it should be done. I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's too much work. It's mm-hmm. too much work, it's too much money. Like, no, I like being like having dogs and cats is enough. You know, Jackie, having dogs and cats is enough. Like if that is a hard enough job and more and expensive enough. And so, yeah. 
So that, and, and then I may, you know, I met a person who comes from a family of seven and he was changing diapers when he was eight years old. Cause he's the youngest of seven. So his oldest sibling is 15 years older than he is. And he was like the practice baby. And then he was this eight year old uncle and he's like, yeah, I don't want to have kids. <laughs> so at first I was like, Oh, that could be a problem. But then, I mean, when we met, I was 19. When we started dating, I was 22. So I didn't know anybody with kids really at that point. So, um, and then when I saw like everything that was involved, I was like, oh yeah, no, I don't want to do this. I like kids. I love kids. I actually take that back. I love babies. I love them up until they're about a year and a half, two years old. Then like somebody else can deal with them until they're maybe, you know, I don't know, 14 is fine. like, I don't mind the teenage attitude. That's fine. So I could take like a 14, 15 year old. Um, Certainly adult, I think there's a lot of value and, and, uh, and wonderful things to have an adult child. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, I think that's a part that's missing and, you know, something that Tom and I kind of worry about, like who's going to take care of us when we get old, but there's no guarantee your kids are going to take care of you either. Right. There's no guarantee your kids aren't going to turn into some insane, like Jeffrey Dahmer had a mom, Ted Bundy had a mom. Right. Um, right. So like, Ooh, and how do those people feel like to know your kid did but then that. also there's the other way around where like what if your kid has some sort of disability and then you know yeah. what's going to happen when none of you guys can take care of each other right mm-hmm. right you know what right. I'm saying? all these things so yeah and then you then you then you add in like the environmental argument, right? The ecological argument, this planet is overpopulated. We can't keep doing what we're doing. But then I'm like, oh, but if anybody should be reproducing, it should be the people who like think that way. Right? (laughs) So it's, it's a, it's a catch 22. I saw some, somebody sent me, uh, Stephen Sattal sent me a new, I think it was Stephen sent me a news story about a woman who had 16 kids but they kept trying because they had all boys and so finally the 17th was a girl i was like no that's too many how old are these people at this point too many children i didn't even read i couldn't read the article it's too many it's too many and gender's a construct so you probably have some also that (laughs) also that like i i posted that uh, that cartoon right Mm -hmm. where the kid the woman is sitting on a bench and she asked the kid oh um is that your is that your little sister and oh no i'm their babysitter it's like Mm -hmm. what do you mean they don't you know what they are like (laughs) they i don't know they haven't told us yet they haven't decided what they are i don't know what they are and the woman's like but aren't won't they be confused? That's, that seems really cruel to the kid. And the, the kid, the babysitter's like, I think it's weird that so many people are concerned about what's going on in her, in their person's pants. pants, Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? It's it's really interesting. Like having like a, like perspective on that now, because I like, okay, you know, in Monty Python, the meaning of life, right? When the baby comes out and they're like, and right, you know, is it a boy or a girl? Oh, I think it's too early to put gender role. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Like, of course you want to know if it's a boy or a girl, but like now it, it doesn't matter. No, you um, want to know because of the, because of the cultural constructs that are around. Right. There. But fuck those. Right. right. And like, totally fuck those. Now, like, it's totally okay to say there are women who have penises and there are men who have vaginas and it's fine. And like, Mm -hmm. 
if, if I didn't have Ezra, I would probably not even be thinking about this. And I would be like, you know, but, but because I, I do, and I am, it's so, we've been doing people a grave disservice. Huge disservice. Why, Why do we them? think that toxic masculinity is such a problem? It's it wouldn't be a thing if we were just like, you're a person. You're a person until you decide what you want to do with your parts. Right. And then you can be whatever person. And then even then you can decide to be whatever person you want to be. It doesn't right. even right. matter. Right. Um, so, mm-hmm. so. And then Ezra, you can change it if you don't like it. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. You're right. Be whatever you want. So Ezra is transitioning. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another friend. I think, Jen, I think I put you in touch mm-hmm. with them in touch with you. And mm-hmm. they're, um, they have a kid who's transitioning. And like, I am so lucky to have so many friends who are amazing parents who have been just so supportive of their kids through these things, because that's a huge issue. Um, And in fact, we have new neighbors and Mm -hmm. they um, have someone who moved in to, they have a little adult unit in the back Mm -hmm. and they Mm -hmm. had someone who moved in there. This person doesn't have anywhere else to go because Mm -hmm. they're transitioning Mm -hmm. and their family is not supportive. So they're living with these folks who are very supportive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, I had a chance to talk with her and I was like, hey, I like, I don't get what you're going through, but mm-hmm. I empathize. Right. I have other friends who are going through this. I'm sorry, your family's not supportive, but mm-hmm. I'm glad you're here and we're supportive. And I mean, just to say that, right? she was like so moved and just right. felt so, she felt better, right? Right, about- right. right we're just a couple of old white people who live across the street, right? You don't know someone who's transitioning. They don't know how someone's going to react to exactly. that. Right? So exactly. in fact, when she moved, she introduced herself with her, with her dead name, with her mm-hmm. dead pronouns, because mm-hmm. you don't know how people right. are going to react. Right. And so, um, that just kills me. Right. And that. then she has to like come out every fucking five minutes. Right. Which is terrible too. Like, right. I, I mean, thank whomever that like Ezra's doing or that Ezra's having this happen at this age it in this year in this I mean in this stupid fucked up year but right now right yeah where he has so much support at school like he's been dead named a couple times Anthony does it but he corrects himself (laughs) um you know and, and then he has this you know mom who like I mean everything else aside, I'm so proud of my little trans baby. Do you know what I mean? Like he's <laughs> still can be a dick, but of course, um, because he's, he's a like, teenager, right? That's why he's a dick. Not because right? he's transitioning. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but sometimes I think that he doesn't realize that either. He's like, Nobody understands me. And I was like, no, we totally understand you. You're just being a teenager. But all right. I mean, that's a normal teenage reaction. Exactly. So yes, you're right. Nobody yeah. understands you. But like, so, right? I don't know. But like, you know, people, like, I have a friend at work who um, got Ezra like a little present for Hanukkah and it's a little keychain, has a little trans flag on it and says, This is not my final form, right? And he oh. wrote Ezra this beautiful card about, you know, you're so brave and so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. And I know I don't really know you, but your mom talks about this, you know, and just know that you always have support in the LGBTQ community. And I'm like, Right? But Ezra's like, oh, that's nice because he doesn't know oh. that it's hard. Right. He doesn't know that it's a thing, that there are people who might not support 
No, what I mean, and obviously on? he knows that's a thing, but right, like, but that's not his experience, right? Yeah, yeah. he's and, incredibly fortunate. And that's, in fact, what our neighbor said, mm-hmm. because, you know, she doesn't have support. Right. She's And she's older, so she mm-hmm. didn't transition until she finished college. Right. So that's a lot harder. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot easier Great. to do the stuff you're going to do with your hormones when your hormones are starting to change. Exactly. But exactly. when they've already changed, then it's just, it's a lot it more is harder. difficult. I think. And then I have another friend whose kid came out as non-binary. Mm-hmm. So not, they haven't decided, you know, they say, mm-hmm. oh, I feel a little bit like a boy and a little bit like a girl. And I don't like the, I don't like the pronouns, uh-huh. he or she. I want to use they, cause I don't uh-huh. really know. Right. And I want to change my name. Uh-huh. to a more kind of neutral, neutral. name. Um, and one parent very supportive and one uh-huh. parent not so uh-huh. supportive. Uh-huh. And that is tough. Yeah. Clearly, obvi- I, if it's not obvious, parents don't live with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, hey, that's going to be a broken household pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine like what if you and Anthony weren't right? on the same page? Right. right? I mean, he'd be sitting by himself with his computers. <laughs> I mean, it, it, clicky, that, clicky, clicky, right. clicky. <laughs> I mean, that could happen at any time anyway. Fleet doesn't, you know. Mar- because marriage is hard. And he doesn't see the dirt on the counter that I can see. And I'm like, um, we're really working in our family right now to not overreact. Right. And that's real hard. Right. Because I go right there to like, how dare you? And what are you, and what are you doing to me? Right. And it's not that. So my therapist, who's a genius, um, is like, here's the thing, right? Like we all think that we shouldn't have to put up with stuff like that is that, you know, it's unacceptable, like wrong me. And that's that, right. That kind of black and white thinking is really damaging because you, there are some things that you need to let go and you need to just say, okay, you know, my husband, doesn't understand how to do dishes but if I want this to work then I can't make him and god that was a revelation oh really yeah that's like and like (laughs) even at work right he's gonna do dishes Jackie how long have you and Brandon been living together three almost four years I think yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Give it another 16 right? years. Hey. Oh. <laughs> but like even so over, right? Right? we're going to, to this day, everybody, listeners, 16 years from now, we're going to do another podcast. <laughs> and in the background, Brandon is going to be doing dishes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, but everybody has their thing, right? right. I mean, that's right. what, that's the, for me. That's that, Anthony's thing. Right. That's Anthony's thing. Tom, you know, Tom sees things completely that I would never notice Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Right. You know, so, and it drives him crazy. I'm like, hello, we've been here for 28 years. This is not, this is not a big change. Like, I don't know why it's still driving you crazy. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. I take a long time to fold my laundry. You fold yours as soon as it's done. I, I, I don't like that it annoys you. I, I'm sorry, but yeah, it's just a thing, right? <laughs> but like, yeah. So like, we have a cat that is 
inappropriately urinating. And oh. the reason why she's doing it, because I know, because I can tell, is that we have our two litter robots, right? That clean the cat litter and make it beautiful, right? So they're spoiled because they never have to go in a litter box that is at all dirty. So if there's anything wrong with that litter box, she's like, fuck you, I'm gonna piss on your shit, right? Mm -hmm. Also, she's stressed out because we have four cats, right? Yes. And not enough feel away, right? Yes. So, so if you leave clothes and you don't touch them, you don't move them, she's gonna piss on them, right? Yep. So I'm like, Anthony, don't leave your clothes there. And he's like, right. damn it, the cat. And I'm like, you're just gonna have to, you're just gonna, if you want, to leave your clothes there, you know that it's going to get peed on. It's going to get peed on. And eventually you're going to have to do all the laundry. And, and that's just what you're going to have to live so with. So the easier solution would be to just put them somewhere or the cat would put them, like right? in the hamper or in the drawer or right. whatever it is. But if you don't want to do that, then that's what you have to deal with. So How does Jane feel about her litter box? Jane Gray. Jane Gray. Oh, um, she's fine. She, Mike, uh, I'm so lucky. They'll they'll use it. It's it will be filthy, like so dirty. Like haven't cleaned it for a week, a week and a half, and they're they're still using it. Knock on wood, because yeah, oof. same same with my cat. Like it can be disgusting in there. I was like, how do you even? Why would you go in there? And, but she was like, oh, I got it. She she used to be an outdoor cat, so I thought that it would be difficult when she was oh. indoor only to get her to go in a box. Um, she took a shit one time on a little piece of like, cause there's no carpet in here, but it was like mm -hmm. uh, a rug. Right. Mm -hmm. And I got her poop and I put it in the litter box where it's supposed to go. And I mm -hmm. said, look here, ma'am, you see this thing This is what you do here. And she said, bitch, I didn't know. <laughs> I had no idea. That's From what now I'm on, This is do. where I'm going to go. I get it. I get it. And she's never since then had an accident. Oh. In the Ooh, knock on wood. Seriously. But Jess, are you have uh, one of those, cat genie things or i have two of them litter robot so that's the one that's connected to the toilet yes no no this is the one where they go and it senses that they've gone it automatically rotates the shit goes in a thing it resifts the litter and then all you have to do to change it is take out a drawer and put a bag in it like it guarantees clean 100 of the time right but because we have this tool right it gets abused and the people who are supposed to empty the litter box do not do it. So it's their own fault. Yes. <laughs> How often do you have to empty it? Um, when it flashes. So it depends, oh, but like generally once a week. Wow, sounds lovely. You sent me the link to this. It's amazing. It's my litter box game. Now that I have two, it's the best thousand dollars I've ever spent. They're expensive. <laughs> yes, they are. But before we had it, before we had these, I mean, the cat litter was was ruining our family, right? And so we had to get tools to make it manageable, right? And That's so it. the tool that I want now to make my life manageable is a cleaning person. Yes. <laughs> I want that very badly. Like, I think that it will make our lives better if we don't fight about the cleaning. 100%. Because- Pick those things, right? That's yeah. the and if you can, if you can afford it, if you can mm -hmm. find someone and you can afford it, that is something totally because it will save your relationships with your family. Absolutely. So I, I you know, and I mean, this is an investment in your happiness and calmness and overall well-being. Right. And just like my 
haircutting person gets like a 100% tip every time she cuts my hair, my cleaning person will be very much tipped and, and, and over, not overpaid. Right. But do you know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. I'm going to feel guilty about employing a person to do something that I could do myself. Yes. We have a person who comes every other week. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yes, we, we tip her. She gets, uh, gifts at the holidays. Um, right now, you know, with the new lockdowns, we're Mm -hmm. not having her come, but Mm -hmm. we're, we still paid her because like, that's that's we're a nice fucking human, but that's also like, she relies on that income. True. True. And like, if I have to like give up something in order to make that happen, I will give up other things. Like I don't have to have so much yarn or fabric or actually you really don't need I to. don't. Well, we can see each other. I I mean, love you both. And I'm wishing you both a really, really happy next year. And yes. I know we'll get to talk to each other again. And I want to tell you also, thank you for letting me, um, push you to reaching your goals Thank for you. uh this year and <laughs> for letting me come on and talk with you um and i just love listening to your voices i t- was talking to some friends to find out how what you know what they use to have guests on their podcasts and stuff and um and uh, my one friend was like oh it's so great that they're going to be podcasting that's terrific i was like yeah it's a very niche podcast but um <laughs> i love listening to them <laughs> It's, it's actually really funny because when, when in the previous um, iteration of this podcast, like we were really concerned about like, well, who's listening and can we get more listeners in Australia? And like, do we have to, you know, talk more about walking the room or whatever. And now that we just have like this little group, it's fine. I don't look at the stats anymore. I don't like really concern myself with any of that. It's like, there's like a very niche amount of people who for some fucking reason like to hear us talk and that's weird it's weird i love it i love it and andy loves it i'm sure and his yeah, new wife is going andy. new wife wife yep. right mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. his his spouse his, his new spouse, spouse yeah. uh will uh also love listening to it i'm sure if they don't already love right listening. i'm so happy for him what a year <laughs> like what a year this year has been so shitty, but so many good things have happened to people on an individual level. It's very hard to reconcile for me. It's true. Like I wouldn't erase this year. No, me neither. But fuck it. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Uh, fuck it. But I wouldn't erase it, but fuck it. Yeah. Mm, I would erase the shit out of this fucking year. <laughs> <laughs> I love a lot a of people. You're going to have a beautiful new house. You yes, that's not this year. That's and think about, year. but think about how much you're going to appreciate everything when it comes back. When you that first show you get to go to. Okay, you, but listen, my dog's not coming back. My grandma's not coming back. I know. So you know what I'm saying. I know it's yeah. true. That's Those true. Are the things that that is why, like mostly, just person, everything else. Like I, I understand my shows, and I understand yeah. like going to the movies and things like that. But those are, you know personal losses and very close in time you know the ending of january and then the middle of march yeah and i couldn't be there for either of them that's true that's true so 
it yeah. was a very, very difficult year for me. Yeah. That's in that true. sense. That's true. Yeah. Fuck 2020. Fuck happened. Yeah. It's just, it was a lot. You did the most. I did not. All right. It. I am going to give you both kisses and love for a new Thank year. Thank you for coming. And Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being you. No, we'll we're real, guys. Hopefully we can listen to this. It, it sounds okay. Yeah. I'll right. complain about it to JSR at some point. That's okay. <laughs> and then, I mean, whatever happens, we'll, we'll put it out, but um, you know, we'll get yeah. feedback too. Is this I'll be more interested. to listen to? Let I will us. be interested. Yeah. Put it, there's your, there's your next Instagram question. Yeah. Was the last episode terrible to listen to? Did you hate it? If so, we're never having Liz on it. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to blame it on her. Exactly. That's fine. That's totally fine. Hold on. Okay. I'm going to turn the camera around. Yes. Yeah, say hi. Wow. These are people who like you. Hey. Is it okay? Okay. Never mind. That's a wall. All right. No, he's hiding. All right. How do I, how do I, do I have to stop this? Or no, I don't want to you're going to click that little leave button in the bottom. Yep. And then I'll take care of it. You don't have to do uh, it. I love you guys. I okay, love you too. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Okay, I'm gonna go to, or do we have to wrap up? Are we good? I, I think we're, I, I mean, we're okay. thank you for listening. Oh, Andy, yeah. congratulations yet again. Um, we're gonna try this, is this Zoom? Where are we? Yeah, this is Zoom. We're gonna, we're gonna try the Zoom thing to see if it works so we can actually interact with some of you humans. I know mm -hmm. Rick, we still have to do another episode with you. Right. And Andy, cause mm -hmm. clearly- big We have things to learn. And then whoever the hell else, a kid pinkers, you know what I'm saying? Let's probably learn her name fun. at some point. Right. I tried to stalk her Instagram and it doesn't specifically say a name that I can find. Yeah. I, I don't know. Her. So yeah. let us know, girl. Yeah. Um, and then whoever the hell else, just them three. They're the only people that listen to us. So right. does Emo fine. really like his, his shirt? Oh yeah. Okay, good. He does. We could bring him on too and he can tell yeah. you. But um, yeah, this was, okay. this was great. Um, we'll see you next year. <laughs> yes. Do you eat 12 grapes at midnight? I'm asleep at midnight, girl. <laughs> Apparently, it's, it's a Spanish tradition that also happens in Mexico, right? Where you eat 12 yes, grapes. We're going to do that this year. They, oh, is yeah. there a particular reason? Because it was in Animal Crossing. And so we're like, oh, let's do that. Oh, not, not to, for my people because of but that. We'll do it for your people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a thing. Okay. Um, we, we do do that thing. Why? Okay. I don't really know, but I know it's a thing. To weed out the weak from the strong when you choke on a grape. And you get an esophageal foreign body. Then you're. And we'll leave you with that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Love you. Happy new year. Okay, bye. Bye. Jennifer dates a man in a 60s cover band. He's the S dog, Sean, if you wish. She's 18, he's 31. She's a rich girl, he's the son of a Coca Cola middleman. Kiss when they listen to brothers in arms, and if there's something wrong with this, they don't see the Check
Oh.